You're listening to The Invisible Blog. Hey folks, I don't usually give content warnings on my blog, but I'm guessing most of you don't tune into this for weight loss talk, so just be aware that there's quite a bit of that in this essay. And if you're not in a good place to hear that, feel free to skip this one for now. And if content or trigger warnings offend you, then you are a whiny baby. And you should know that in the real world, people consider each other's feelings. So, my body and me. I hate my body. There hasn't been a single moment when I haven't had a beer gut. From childhood all the way to as I type this, I have looked like a six-pack chug in Homer Simpson costume, even though I don't drink. I've spent a tremendous amount of that time counting calories, and I've been exercising at least once a day for the past four years. I was picked on for my weight in school. Not badly, though. I was too funny and quick to really be picked on for anything too much. Words were always more important, but that didn't mean that my weight wasn't real. It was the well people went back to, and despite my mother's excuses, I was not, and am not, in her words, a great-looking kid. I've never been hit on, picked up, or anyone's first choice for dodgeball, and... The reason I didn't get any OK Cupid messages was only partly because I did two card fans in my profile picture. Partly. If I'm being honest, being heavy might have been easier with a different father. One who wasn't an athlete every moment of his life. I mean, I feel like everyone wants abs. I wanted abs, you know, abs with the, with the lines. But my dad had abs at his heaviest, and I feel like not everyone has that experience. I mean, he was so strong, it was magical. He'd lift entire sofas by himself when we moved houses or furniture, and he'd out-bench-press college students he mentored and coached who were half his age. And by contrast, last month, when my mom needed to move two cardboard boxes in a bed frame, I hired movers. More than a few strangers found it hard to believe I was his son. He was a rugby player. They called him the albino ram. The single most precious object I have is a small, staple-bound book of stories from the kids he coached and played with at Binghamton University. And when I was a kid, since rugby was long and boring and I was me, while he would play, I would sit in the car, listening to James Harriet audiobooks with a bag of Tostito scoops and not one, but two jars of mild salsa because, and this is true, my hands were too fat to reach the bottom of the jar. One time a cop who knew my dad stopped the game to let my dad know that some kid had broken into his car and was eating his groceries. My dad jogged to the edge of the field and looked in the window. That's my son, he said. And without any meanness at all, the cop replied, Really? Really, my dad said. That's my boy. For all the failed wrestling tournaments, footballer years, and school musicals, he was never ashamed of me. Even when... Maybe he should have been. I have always loved food. As a little kid, if I was good, I was allowed a wish. I would cover my eyes, run into our pantry, and wish for a jelly bean. 
Now, looking back, I don't know why I never wished for, like, world peace or a Ferrari, but sure enough, when I opened my eyes, there my mom would be with one or two giant, lovely jelly beans. And in my mom's defense, she tried. Really, she tried. Growing up, there was no candy in my house, no sugary cereals, no soda, no junk food ever. Now, admittedly, this is because my mom thinks that organic means good and chemicals are bad. Don't get either of us started. But no matter how hard she tried, well, you can always eat enough craisins and dried pineapple. Diets don't work for me. I have counted calories. I should say am counting calories as I write this, but I've tried Atkins, South Beach, Juice Fast, Cleanses, Soylent, Shakes, and for a brief period in college, diet pills that only succeeded in sending me to the hospital with the worst diarrhea I have ever had. It's funny now. Now. Now is when it's funny. And so... I hated my body. I have hated my body for as long as I can remember. And yet, I have loved my brain. By which, of course, I meant me. I'm the funniest person I've met. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are funnier humans. I just haven't met any of them. As funny? Yes. Funnier? No. I mean, I, my brain, can memorize a deck of playing cards. My brain can read faster than anyone I know, recite poetry. Better yet, I can write poems whenever my wife wants one. When my wife and I were first dating, I asked her what her favorite part of me was. And she said, that big sexy brain of yours, which I think... She didn't mean for me to take as her not being able to think of a single part of my body she finds attractive, but I understood. Because again, my brain is me, and I've loved my brain since as long as I can remember. It's just trapped inside my body, which I hate. And then, five years ago, I had a revelation. I was listening to this book, 10% Happier by Dan Harris, the book that began my meditation practice, actually created quite a few changes in my life, on the way home from yet another personal training session from yet another personal trainer. I've had, I think, four in my life, and none have ever stuck. When the thought that has run through my mind like an old song for as long as I can remember... I hate my body, I hate my body, I hate my body, ran through my mind at the exact same time as the scene where Dan has his first ever major breakthrough. And in that moment, clear as day, and for the first time, my mind responded to that thought. You are your body. Your stomach, your thighs, your back, and your bones are as much a part of you as your brain. And if you love your brain, if you love you, you have to love your body. And your body deserves love. And I started to cry. On the A train. At four in the afternoon. And bizarre emotional reaction to that thought or not, to this day, I think... It's one of the most important realizations about my body that I've had. It transformed the way I thought about myself for more than a quarter of a century, and I want to pass it on to you. I spent the first 25 years of my life in a really, really bad thought cycle, hating my body and loving me. 
the rider behind my eyes, represented by the top of my nervous system, my brain. I mean, when I was young, I suppose I liked my soul, too, but I lost my belief in souls in college, and so I planted everything I liked about myself in the few pounds of meat inside my skull, all while hating my body. In my mind lay my kindness, my empathy, my relationships, my memories, my jokes, my curiosity, and my wit. In my body was everything I hated. I was trapped in a bum unit, a meat suit that could not get below 180 pounds. And this surprises a lot of people who know about my mental health history. As someone with mental illness, surely I must spend more time hating my brain than I spend hating my body, but... I don't feel separate from my brain. When I'm depressed or anxious, well, I'm depressed and anxious. When my stomach hurts, even grammatically speaking, my stomach is doing the hurting, not me. Or my stomach is hurting me. But nobody says they hurt when they've got a bum knee. At most, they'll say, like, I'm nauseous. But that's not something about you. That's something happening to you. And so it was with me. What I realized in that moment about my body and continue to remind myself today is that you and I are as much our body as we are our brain. I write the poetry my wife loves with my hands. My reverse Benjamin Button face that I'm not so fond of is the one my friends and wife know and love. And my gut protrusion is where my darling lays her head when she is weary. And that should be worthy of love, even from me. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. I know this was a rather personal blog this week, but I hope you liked it. If you did, please consider supporting this blog on Patreon. If everyone who listened to this blog gave a dollar, I would have dozens of dollars, folks dozens. So, you know, get out your wallets. And if you're already a patron, stay tuned for a patron-only afterthoughts, Fat Brain. <laughs>